0: Hey everyone, Dr. Burhena, thanks for joining me again for another episode of Ask the Dentist. So I'm real excited today, and actually I got goosebumps when I heard this question. I don't, I'm not sure if you know, but I have a lot of providers, a lot of dentists, or at least I'm told they reach out to me all the time. That listen to my podcast and read my website. And again, I'm very, very flattered. Today's question is from Dr. Myers. He's a recent graduate. Again, thank you. His first name is Jesse. Thanks, Jesse, for you know all your compliments. I just have to say that I'm inspired. That you're inspired by me. That's the part that gives me goosebumps. You said that as a recent graduate graduate, that you were very excited to be a functional dentist and that everything I've been saying and doing for the last 10 years has inspired you. So thank you, but thank you. I am so excited that you agree and that you want to practice this way. I think you're really going to differentiate yourself as a dental provider. Most dentists won't be like you and think like you, at least not yet. And I think that's going to make you a very special Dentist, And I think uh, patients are really going to seek you out. And I would encourage you to join our directory. We have over 150 functional dentists worldwide on our directory. And I'll talk more about that at the end of the podcast if you're interested in joining. So anyway, yes, I agree with you. The oral microbiome, it really, as you said, it gives you a richer and more comprehensive understanding of oral health. Absolutely. You are dead on. Without that, we are not practicing to the standard of care. For the layperson, that is a kind of a legal minimum. And I think, I think it's too low. That threshold is too low if your dentist is not an oral microbiome practitioner. And, I, and I've said that before many, many times in other podcasts when I'm being interviewed, written it, the dentist needs to be overall foremost a practitioner of the oral microbiome to provide a better service, to provide the full service for better health for his or her patients. So, yes, Jesse, Dr. Myers, thank you so much. So, I'm going to let you ask your question and then we'll get right down to it. It's a real specific question about a certain bacterium, but overall it deals with the oral microbiome, which is crucial. So, definitely a good jumping off point for a discussion of oral health in general as it connects to the oral microbiome, which, of course, is the main connection to overall systemic health. So here we go. Thanks, Jesse.
1: Hello, Dr. Brehenna. My name is Dr. Jesse Myers. I recently graduated as a doctor of dental medicine in May of 2021. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for all of the work that you've curated over the years. You've heavily influenced me to look into functional medicine and particularly look into oral microbiome science and how that pertains to our profession. As I learn more about the human microbiome, the science continues to paint a richer and comprehensive understanding of how these microorganisms determine our health. I was reading some literature recently published in the Journal of Dentistry comparing dental plaque samples of caries-free to caries-active Middle Eastern children using human oral microbe next-generation sequencing. This is supposedly a more accurate technology for assessing microbe content and dental plaque in health and disease. Particularly interesting is the abundance of cornybacterium species in the caries free children compared to the caries active children. I was wondering if you could possibly touch on the importance of corny bacterium magicadae, which is a commensal organism in the development of healthy biofilms. Thank you so much for
0: all your work. Jesse, oh boy, <laughs> you are opening up a can of worms. I'm glad that you are thinking this way, especially early in your career. So, yes, Journal of Dentistry, I did look that up. I remember reading about that. It was a comparison of, I think it was just under 100 kids. It carries free and carries active you know, grouping and, you know, what were the differences. And again, the sequencing, the I think it was mRNA sequencing of all the bugs was pretty sophisticated. Again, I'm not familiar with the actual science of the sequencing, but it is getting better. And so what this study and what your question brings out is... That it's not one bug. That's what we were taught in in dental school, or two bugs, like strep mutans. Um, Same thing with gum disease. It's not just one bug that goes out and causes this disease. It is this complex relationship between all the bugs in the mouth and again the corny the diphtheria that's responsible for some pretty bad upper respiratory diseases life-threatening and it's probably in all of our mouths just like the heliobacter pylori bug which causes ulcers and yeast cells that cause candidiasis i mean all these bugs are in our mouth it's just how many there are in relationship to other bugs that's the key we've got 700 bugs so far uh, strep mutans, the cavity bug of course is there but when it becomes when it goes from being a commensal bug which is a friendly bug to becoming pathogenic in other words maybe there's too many of those bugs and what causes that its diet you start feeding that bug some refined carbohydrates and it's going to become a it's going to turn into a bully And what complicates it even more is that each individual has a unique oral microbiome. The the same goes for the gut microbiome. So, it's very, very difficult to nail down. So, I'll just make some comments. Yes, it was interesting to see. This was an analysis at the species level of the study. Species level revealed a significantly higher relative numbers of all sorts of bugs. I can't even pronounce them. But Prevotellas, you've heard that before, the Streptmutans, there are a whole bunch of others. And these were in the caries active children, which makes you think, okay, you, get, you have these bugs, then you have cavities. Well, the bugs are there in the caries free, cavity free kids as well. Then you look at the cornybacterium, a whole bunch of others, different types of cornybacterium. There was a cornybacterium durum, and these were more abundant in the caries free group. Also, species belonging to the, I think it was, again, Prevotella, the Valenella group, they were also predominant in the caries active subjects. So, we can go back and forth and name all these bugs being present, not present, in certain numbers, but it's really about this relationship between all the bugs and how they're interacting in your mouth, which ones are pathogenic, which ones are commensal. Is that state of being in the mouth, is it more commensal than pathogenic? That leads to oral disease. It's this shift in abundance of the different groups of the bugs or the species rather than the appearance of one cavity causing bug or the pathogenicity of a single species. That's my point. So, where does that leave us? Not in a great position because we don't understand it and we have no way of. We can measure the number of bugs and the different levels and the populations mostly. Again, there's pH and there are other factors as well. What is the diet of these bugs, et cetera, et cetera. But what do we do with the data? That's the problem. And what we really need, well, first of all, I would use, I remember in dental school, the twin, I think it's concordance studies where you study twins just to take away that difference in or that uniqueness of the oral microbiome. Although there may be some differences between even identical twins because of the epigenetic factors. One may be mouth breathing, one twin may mouth breathe, the other one may not. They certainly have to live together. But anyway, the studies are, what I'm saying is the studies are also imperfect as well. But that kind of study may help to elucidate this fact that there are differences from person to person with the oral microbiome. What we need is dental microbiome researchers and degrees. We need a DDS dental microbiome degree to flesh all this information out. That's what's important. So I would encourage you and other dentists to keep reading this stuff because it really gives you an appreciation of the diversity that's needed. And it's all about the complexity of the oral microbiome that makes things work, but also probably makes things not work. I know that's a Sounds like a cop out, but this is the problem. But at least we're having this conversation. At least we're talking about it. That's really, really important. We can't come out of dental school and say, okay, it's this bug. Let's kill it. Let's use Listerine. Let's use a strong disinfectant in the mouth, a mouthwash, and kill it and hope for the best results. We know that doesn't work and we know better. We need to appreciate the oral microbiome, what it is. I would, and, and you. Perhaps you have already, but I would read, and this goes also for patients, the layperson, as well as providers, I would read Cast Dooley-Nelson's book on the oral microbiome. It's on my, I'll include a link to it, it's in my affiliate store. I would start there. I recommend that book to dental students. I recommend that book to pre dental students because it's going to get them really excited about what's coming and also to new practitioners. Not appreciating and not knowing about the oral microbiome is not an excuse. You need to know it. You really need to know it. And even though we don't know all of it, <laughs> we don't really have all the solutions yet knowledge of this oral microbiome and how it determines oral health and keeping that in mind while we treat our patients is key to a better result so i hope that wasn't too confusing or vague of an answer i mean i could get into all the studies and all the bacterium that show up in this study and that study and we're just not there yet we need better testing which is i think will come first but we also need We need the knowledge of what to do with that testing. And just because certain bacteria are present doesn't mean we can predict what's going to happen in the mouth. Also considering the differences from person to person. So anyway, that's my answer. Great study. There are lots of other good studies out there. Can we put these bugs into place? Can we... Knock down the pathogenic ones, the ones that are there but become the bullies? Can we encourage the ones that will take out the bullies? Can we modify or modulate these populations in the mouth? The answer is, is probably yes. How do we do it? We don't know. It's probably prebiotics. It could be probiotics. It could be controlling the pH in the mouth. It could be pharmaceuticals. It could be certain meds. I'm not against that. But Here's the thing. We don't know all of this. So, I fall back on mouth taping, keeping saliva flow in the mouth, keeping it from drying it out, eating a paleo diet, eating a diet that our ancestors ate, staying away from foods that come in bags. I mean, we know that this alters the oral microbiome. So, it's a great solution. We know it works. I have turned people around from having a cavity every time they come in to see me to never having a cavity again. So we know how to make these modifications. We can counsel our patients, but it's all based on knowledge of the complexity and the lack of our knowledge with the complexity of the oral microbiome. So anyway, I hope that helps. It's all about the oral microbiome. And Jesse, Dr. Myers, I am so glad you are on your way to becoming a practitioner of the oral microbiome. Okay, another discussion and episode, and this time on the oral microbiome. Read more about it. It's very important. Read Cass's book. I'm going to include the link to the book. I'm also going to include a link to a little interview on the oral microbiome that I think we did seven, eight years ago on AskTheDentist.com. I was very proud of that. Because it really, back then, was something way out there. And I just like where the interview went. So I'll I'll include a link to that as well. Read about that. And again, if you find that your dentist isn't talking about the oral microbiome, you need to leave and find another dentist. You cannot practice dentistry without knowledge and respect for the oral microbiome. And I think you've got an idea of how complicated it is by listening to my answer on Jesse's question. So if you have any other questions about anything, anything to do with dentistry, even about the oral microbiome, go to askthedentist.com. My daughter and I have had that website up for about 10 years now, and we're very proud of it. And again, as I said earlier, a lot of practitioners look at it every day. And I'm in touch with a lot of practitioners on a daily basis. I call them. We do Zoom calls. We're even thinking about coming up with a functional curriculum a functional dental curriculum it's needed there's a real need for that and we do we also have a directory of functionally minded dentists and i mentioned that earlier as well go to askthedentist.com slash directory jesse i would love to have you on the directory as well wherever you're practicing we will send you patients that are asking questions about the oral microbiome so that's the end of this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions that you want me to answer on this podcast, I'm happy to do that. I read every single one. Go to speakpipe.com slash dentist Hope to hear your voice and look forward to answering your questions. Again, thanks for listening. See you at the next episode. Bye.
1: hi everyone I hope you enjoyed this week's episode just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only this podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist doctor or other qualified medical professional this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services if you're looking for help in your journey seek out a qualified medical practitioner if you're looking for a functional dental care provider you can visit askthedentist.com/ directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.